You're listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Visit our website and learn more about Harvest Partners at harvest.org. The devil says you're a hypocrite, you're a failure, uh, you don't deserve to approach God. And my response is, that's true. I approach God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It wasn't our good works that gave us access to God. Coming up today, Pastor Greg Laurie reminds us it was Jesus' sacrifice on the cross at Calvary. Ephesians 2.13 says, You who are sometimes far off have been made near by the blood of Jesus. This is the day when the lost are We're glad you're along today here on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. And just before our study gets underway, as we've been mentioning, this weekend is big. It's a huge one-night evangelistic event, SoCal Harvest. And Pastor Greg, whether our listeners are in Southern California or elsewhere, uh, this is their opportunity to invite someone who needs to hear the gospel. Well, Dave, you actually could call it uh, America's Harvest, because this isn't just for Southern California, though the event is based there. It's going to be national. Frankly, it'll be international because we're going to use every media platform available. It'll be on all of our Facebook pages. We'll have partners and friends that we'll work with, and they'll cross a post the event live. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be at harvest.org. And we're working with some partner radio stations. And, and so it's going to be in a lot of places. So I'm going to tell him who Christ is, what Jesus said, how to come into a relationship with him. And then I'm going to give them the opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ. And we have amazing music from our friends for King and Country and Phil Wickham and a few surprises and then a message for everybody. And and let me just add one other thing. For those of you that have the opportunity to attend this in person or watch it, this is going to be different than any so-called harvest you've ever been to before. I would describe it as more of an immersive experience. There'll be elements of our cinematic crusade that you remember that we called a rush of hope woven in to the live event. <laughs> it's just going to be cool. What can I say? If possible, make plans to come to Southern California if you're outside of our state. And if you're in this state, definitely make plans to join us at Angel Stadium on October 3rd for the one-night SoCal Harvest. What do our listeners need to do right now, right this very minute, to prepare for this weekend? Start by praying. You know, Jesus said the harvest is great, but the labors are few. And he said, Pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into the harvest. So pray. But don't just pray that other people would be sent. Pray that you would be sent. Hmm. Because God wants to use you. Pray for a person that you know that is not yet a Christian. And pray that God will soften their heart and open their spiritual eyes. And then invite. Now you extend the personal invitation. Hopefully you've... uh, earned a little credit with them, so to speak, as a friend. You've been there for them in times of need. And now you're saying, listen, this is the most important thing to me, my faith. And I want you to come to this event or watch this event 
or however you choose to connect them to what is happening. I read recently that 85% of the people out there who are not believers would be willing to talk about faith issues with their friend if it was important to their friend. Hmm. So it's important if it's important to you, it'll be important to your listener. So pray, invite, invite. And then this is the key, maybe. Bring them. Don't send them, bring them. So if you're in California, you say, I'm going to come pick you up and I'm going to drive you to the event. Maybe we'll get dinner before or after or whatever, but I'm going to bring you to this event. And then while you're at the event, you're praying for them or you send them that link and you're saying, I'm going to be watching too. Let's talk about it afterwards. Or you're watching it together. You know, there's a Harvest app for your TV, uh, for the Apple platform, for the Roku platform. This is an event that will be available on every kind of platform out there. And I hope that you'll utilize it because you know what? People need to hear the gospel. Well, any other thoughts before we go on SoCal Harvest? Yes, Dave, I have a very important announcement to make. And what I need is echo and then fanfare following and then some applause. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. Okay, here it is. People, listen. I need volunteers for the SoCal Harvest. (laughs) And that means you. That means I am asking you to come and be a part of what God is doing on October 3rd in the Angel Stadium. Hey, have you ever been to one of these events? There's nothing like it. This is an experience you want to have, to be used by God. You might be an usher. You might be a counselor. You might work at our merch table. You might do something else, but whatever it is, You matter, and we need you. And frankly, I'm depending on you. So, Dave, why don't you tell them where they need to go to sign up and actually be a part of the SoCal Harvest on October 3rd at Angel Stadium? Yeah, it's real easy. Just go to harvest.org slash SoCal. Again, harvest.org slash SoCal. You'll get information on volunteering, and you'll also get general information about SoCal Harvest coming up this Sunday. Well, you've tuned in for a powerful series of studies in Revelation here on A New Beginning. And today, Pastor Greg provides some help on overcoming our spiritual adversary. Wouldn't it be nice if the devil took a vacation, you know, maybe take summer off, go someplace really hot like hell? (laughs) Well, the devil never takes a day off. By the way, I heard a story about uh, a man living in Chicago. It was very cold, and he decided to go on vacation with his wife down to Florida. So he went ahead and she was going to join him the next day. After his plane landed, he got to his hotel room and he sent a text to his wife. Here's the problem. She had just changed her phone number, so he got one number wrong in his text. The text did not go to his wife. It went instead to an elderly pastor's wife whose husband had just died. She read the text on her phone, let out a huge shriek, and fainted. Her family came running in to see what was wrong, and they looked at her phone, and here was the text she received. Dearest wife, just arrived. Looking forward to your arrival tomorrow. P.S. It sure is hot down here. Well, I wish the devil took some time off, but he never does. He doesn't take a month off. He doesn't take a week off. He doesn't take a day off. He doesn't even take an hour off. The Bible says he's restless, roaming about like a lion, looking for someone to devour. So here's my question for you. 
Have you ever been overcome by the devil? In other words, do you find yourself being held captive to a sin and it gets you again and again and again and you wonder, can I ever get free from this? Do I have to always be under the thumb of Satan? The answer is no. And I want to talk to you about that in this message, how to overcome the devil. Because we are in a war. But it's an invisible war. It's a spiritual battle. And Ephesians chapter 6 says that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age, a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. It's a very real battle. So let's pick the story up now in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael who you remember as the archangel. And his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, and they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer, and that great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great anger because he knows he has but a short time. So from these verses, we learn a lot about the devil and his fallen angels that we now call demons today. In fact, I would add, I think this is a chapter of the Bible the devil does not want you to read. Here's some points if you're taking notes. Point number one, the devil knows his days are numbered. Let me say that again. The devil knows his days are numbered. He's working through his network of demon powers. And here we find this battle in heaven. Now remember the angels are referred to as stars, right? And Satan himself is a fallen star. So this is the first instance of Star Wars in history. No Luke Skywalker, no Han Solo or Princess Leia. This is a heavenly battle between the angels of God under the direction of Michael the archangel and Lucifer the son of the morning, the powerful fallen angel and his demon forces. And they did not prevail, verse 8 says. So Satan used to have this all access pass to heaven, sort of a I'm okay, I'm with the band pass. But now he doesn't have that access uh, into God's presence any longer. And now basically Satan is dumped in Revelation chapter 12. You know the grammatical construction of the phrase in the Greek indicates Satan started this. It could better be translated, Michael and his angels had to fight the dragon. This is crazy because Michael's powerful. It's not Satan and God. There's no match there. God doesn't need to fight with Satan. God is all powerful. Satan is limited in his power. So this is a more even match of Michael and Lucifer. But Michael is more powerful than Lucifer. So he's losing this battle, yet he effectively chooses off Michael, if you will. Come on, let's go. 
Michael's like, you want some of this? <laughs> you sure? And boom, Lucifer is losing. So the devil and his angels cannot defeat uh, these powerful angels from God. So uh, number two, the devil does not want you to know that his primary attack comes through accusation. The devil does not want you to know that he primarily attacks you through accusation. Paul wrote, we're not ignorant of his devices in 2 Corinthians 2.11. Victor Hugo, the author of Les Miserables, made this statement and I quote, a good general must penetrate the brain of his enemy, end quote. So our enemy is the devil. Let's try to penetrate his brain for a moment. Verse 10, the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. One of the primary ways that Satan attacks us is through accusation. This is the way it works. He tempts you. And by the way, it's not a sin to be tempted because temptation comes at the worst time. <laughs> like maybe you're listening to a message like right now and all of a sudden an evil thought comes into your mind and then the devil condemns you for having an evil thought. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's only a sin if you give in to the temptation. It's not the bait that constitutes sin. It's the bite. And so maybe the devil comes and says, why don't you think about this? Or why don't you go look at that? Or why don't you do this other thing? And, and then he'll say, no one will ever know. No one will ever be aware of what you've done. Go for it. You'll have fun. And so you go for it. And then the devil comes back to you and says, you miserable hypocrite. You call yourself a Christian. You say you're a child of God. No believer in Jesus Christ would do what you've done. Don't even pray. Don't even read your Bible. That would be the ultimate act of hypocrisy. Don't you dare show your ugly face in church. You see how this works? First he tempts you. And then he condemns you for giving in to the temptation. We need to learn to know the difference between Satan's accusations and the Holy Spirit's conviction. See, when a Christian sins, and yes, we will sin, the Holy Spirit will convict or convince you of your sin. Why? To drive you into shame? No, to bring you back to Jesus. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit in John 16, 8, when He comes, He'll convince the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So if you've sinned and you feel guilt and then you turn to the Lord and you ask Him to forgive you, that's a good thing, right? Sort of like that smoke alarm that goes off. It's made you aware of a bigger problem. So you respond to the alarm. You respond to the conviction. But if you feel guilt and shame, and you walk away from God, you're listening to the wrong voice. Satan will accuse you and use your own sins in a hateful way to destroy you. So how do we overcome the devil? The answer is found right here in Revelation 12:11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So first they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. So let's say you've sinned. The devil says, you're a hypocrite. You're a failure. Uh, you don't deserve to approach God. And my response is, that's true. <laughs> I don't deserve to approach God. I am not worthy and I never will be worthy. You see, sometimes as Christians, we get into this weird little works righteousness 
thing. Where we think if I do X amount of good things, God will be happy with me and and he'll hear my prayers. I read 10 chapters out of the Bible and, and I actually talked to somebody about Jesus. Well, look, God doesn't hear your prayers based on what you've done. He hears your prayers based on what he's done. And sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross in your place. So there's nothing I need to do to earn the favor of God. You see sometimes people think God is mad at them. When in reality God is mad about them. Know this. You're loved by God. You're cherished by God. And your prayers are welcomed by God. You say, but Greg, I'm not worthy. You'll never be worthy. Forget about being worthy. I approach God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Dear friends, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. This is the new life-giving way Christ has opened up for us. It's the blood of Jesus. At the cross of Calvary, Jesus dealt a decisive blow against Satan and his minions. Colossians 2.14 says, Christ obliterated the handwritten document of ordinances against us and nailed it to the cross. Having stripped off and away from himself the principalities and authorities, he boldly made an example of them. So here's the point. It's through the blood of the Lamb. It's through the blood of Jesus I can approach God. Ephesians 2.13 says, You who are sometimes far off have been made near by the blood of Jesus. John says, If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Years ago I was uh, having a meal with Billy Graham in his home. And uh, I was a young man at that point in my late 30s. And so I asked Billy, what would you say to a younger Billy that he should be preaching on more than he is now? And without missing a beat, Billy said, I would preach more on the cross and the blood of Christ because that's where the power is. And I never forgot that. There's power in the blood, as the old song says, but you need to apply the blood. You say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, remember in the Old Testament book of Exodus, We have the Israelites that were to slay the lamb and to put the blood uh, over their doorpost. In other words, at the top of their door and on the right and left. And when God's judgment came upon the Egyptians, it would pass over the house where the blood had been applied. So you've got to apply the blood. You say, what does that mean? It means that you come to God and say, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to shed his blood for my sin. And I apply the blood to this situation and I believe that I am forgiven. I take you, Lord, at your word. You've promised that you would forgive me of all of my sin. These folks overcame the devil by the power of the blood, by the blood of the lamb, and also by the word of their testimony, it says. By the word of their testimony. You know when a believer is walking closely with God in fellowship and friendship, they want to tell others, sort of like, when we make a a recommendation, right? Go to Yelp. People give their opinions on everything. Who are these people? We don't know, but they give their recommendation or their endorsement. And maybe before we walk into that restaurant, we check it out. We go, oh, wow, they didn't get a good Yelp review. 
But if you really like something, you're going to tell others. Say, I just found the best burger on earth in this place. Or this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Or hey man, you got to listen to this song. Or read this book. We give our endorsement. If we're really walking with Jesus, should we not do the same for Him? What are we just going to talk about burgers and movies and books? Talk about Jesus. Give your testimony. Tell people what Christ has done for you. Listen to this. Every Christian has a testimony. Now some are more dramatic than others. Some came from a life of crime or addiction or had all kinds of issues and others never got into those things. But here's what we can all say when we tell our story of how we came to Jesus. Like that blind man who was healed by the Lord, we can say, once I was blind, but now I see. Listen, I know your testimony. Here's what it was. You were a sinner separated from God. You heard the gospel. You put your faith in Jesus and Christ came inside of your life and he's changed you. Is that pretty accurate? They overcame him, these people, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And finally, they loved not their lives to the death. What does that mean? It means that these believers recognize that their lives belong to God. I gotta tell you something. When you became a Christian, you became God's possession. He owns you, and that's a good thing. I mean, I wanna be owned by God, right? The Bible says you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body. Because I belong to the Lord, I have his ID tag on me. Uh, he's my child, and I'm also called in the Bible the bride of Christ. So I'm owned by him. I'm his bride. Then I'm also called a friend of God. So there's many pictures the Bible gives of this new relationship. But these folks recognize their lives belong to God. And listen, God has given you your life as a gift. He's given you the beat of your heart. He's given you the breath in your lungs. That's all a gift from him. So these folks recognize God is in control of our lives. We belong to the Lord and he loves each and every one of us. Isn't that a great thing to know? So let me close by asking you this question. Are you overcoming the devil or are you being overcome by the devil? Maybe you're under the power of some addiction. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's something else. It just has a grip on you and you can't break free from it. And it seems like when you pray, God isn't listening. And Satan whispers in your ear and he says, God will not hear your prayers. Why don't you just end it all? And why don't you just take your own life? Don't listen to Satan. He's a liar and the father of lies. Listen, God hears your prayers. God loves you. And if you've sinned against him, he will forgive you no matter what you have done. Satan does not want you to know that there is forgiveness through Jesus Christ. But here's what God says. If you will confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. What does it mean to confess? It means to agree with God. So you say, Lord, I see things the way you see them. I'm tired of making excuses for my sin. I'm tired of rationalizing it, justifying it. I admit, Lord, I've sinned and I'm sorry for that sin and I ask you to forgive me. Maybe you're watching me right now and, and you've never known this relationship with God I've been talking about. This is not a religion thing. This is a relationship with God. 
Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago for your sin and mine. And then he rose from the dead three days later. And now he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And he says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Would you like your sin forgiven? Would you like to know with certainty that when you die, you will go to heaven? I'm telling you right now, if you will pray with me and ask Jesus to come into your life, everything can change for you. You can change your eternal address from hell to heaven. And the course of your life can be changed from death to life, from a hopeless life to a hopeful life. He's just a prayer away. And I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me if you would like Jesus to come into your life. And in this prayer, I'm also gonna ask some of you who maybe have sinned against God and have not asked for his forgiveness to return to the Lord like a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. It can happen for you right now. So if you want your sin forgiven, if you wanna know that you'll go to heaven when you die, if you want your guilt taken away, or you wanna come back to Jesus Christ again and make a recommitment, pray this prayer with me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus. I know that I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on that cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I turn from my sin now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie with those making a change in their relationship with God today. And if you yourself have prayed with Pastor Greg and made a decision for the Lord, we'd like to help you get started in your new relationship with God. We'd like to send you our New Believers Growth Packet. It's a collection of resources Pastor Greg has put together to help answer your questions and get you started off right in your walk of faith. And we'll send it without charge. Just write us at A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call 1-800-821-3300. We can take your call anytime, 24-7. Again, 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org and click the words, Know God. And as you contact us, thanks for letting us know how you're enjoying this brand new series in the book of Revelation. Well, Pastor Greg, we're excited to make available your new book on Revelation in conjunction with our current study series. Mm -hmm. Now, many Bible students know Revelation promises a blessing to those who read, hear, and keep the words of this book. That's right. So it, it seems even the Bible acknowledges that Revelation is no ordinary Bible study. That's right. It stands out from every other book of the Bible. Of course, it's the final book uh, at the end of your Bible. And the word revelation means unveiling, because it's not God's desire to conceal, but to reveal. And Bible prophecy is not given to scare us, but to prepare us. And there is a special blessing attached to this book in particular. And it's in the first chapter of Revelation. And that 
promise is, blessed is the person that reads, hears, and keeps the words of this book. So, David, it's interesting because that phrase read means to read out loud. So Hmm. there's a blessing on you if you will simply read this book, but then it says you must hear it. You know, Jesus would often say, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Our our modern vernacular would be, listen up, pay attention. So I have to read it, I have to hear it, and then finally, I need to keep it, meaning I need to take these truths in this book and apply them in their own life. When we study Bible prophecy, it's not just to know more about the future, but it's for us to know how we should live in the present. And we are not only teaching on it here on A New Beginning, but we have a brand new book that we have just completed. It's a thick, hardcover book, a commentary, if you will, on the book of Revelation. Here's what I've had a lot of people say to me. For the first time, I understood how this book applied to me. I think this is a very understandable book, a very relevant book, especially Mm -hmm. for the times in which we are living. So for your gift of any size, we're offering you this brand new book, hot off the presses, simply titled Revelation, subtitled A Book of Promises. So whatever you can send to help our ministry is greatly appreciated. This helps us to get the gospel out, get the teaching of the Word of God out. So order your copy of this brand new book, Revelation, A Book of Promises. Yeah, that's right. And we'll rush a copy back to you to thank you for your investment in these daily teaching opportunities. It's only through listener support that we can continue to come your way. So get in touch today for Pastor Greg's new book, Revelation, A Book of Promises. And by the way, we're including a custom bookmark along with the book. It shows the timeline of God's end times events graphically. It helps you see the order of events very clearly. It comes automatically with the book. So send your donation today to A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call us at 1-800-821-3300. We can take your call anytime, 24 hours a day, at 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org. Who do you know that needs a message of hope? Bring them with you to Angel Stadium of Anaheim for SoCal Harvest, Sunday night, October 3rd. A compelling interactive experience. A message of hope from Greg Laurie and music from For King and Country. And Phil Wickham. SoCal Harvest with Greg Laurie, October 3rd at 7 p.m. Get more information at harvest.org slash SoCal. Well, next time, we move into the revealing 13th chapter of Revelation, where we get a clear picture of the Antichrist, an important part of our Revelation studies. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to A New Beginning. This is a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners. So for more content that can help you know God and equip you to make Him known to others or to learn more about how you can become a Harvest Partner, just go to harvest.org.